This episode contains depictions of child death, body horror, and murder. If any of these topics are difficult in any way, please join us on another adventure. Thank you. Sorry, can you tell your house to sit down? I don't think I can climb up to the door with my leg. Thank you. I like your house, it's very nice. Sit. Um, yep, sitting. This is good, I've been walking for a while. I know. Right. Everyone knows. Everyone. Everyone in the woods. You throw a lot of names around in your stories. They attract attention. You've seen the one-eyed and the immortal already, and I'd say an idiot like you is lucky to have gotten away alive. Thanks. You're welcome. Am I getting out of this house alive? We'll see. If you're polite. If I'm polite, you won't kill me? What would I kill you for? You don't have much meat on your bones, and I don't believe in wasting life. Unlike your English boy. He wasn't mine. And I don't think he thought of it as wasting. He had the purpose. Yes. What was that? To get your attention. To get you to pay attention to him. Well, he accomplished that. I was ready to slaughter him, waste or not, until you beat me to it. I haven't gotten there yet. What? In my story, I haven't gotten to that part yet. Tell it, then. Right now? Yes. If I like your story, you'll get a gift to help you on your journey. And if you don't, you said you wouldn't eat me. No, but I might turn you into something else. Like a wolf? That's always a classic. Do you know anything about the wolf who used to be someone named Alexander? There's many wolves in this forest. I can't keep track of all of them. How about the prophecy about an Alexander? Are there a lot of prophecies in this forest too? Careful, child. Don't be cheeky. You're a guest here. Would you really hurt a guest? Wouldn't that be rude? The neighbors care about the rules of hospitality. I don't give a shit. The neighbors? You haven't gotten there yet, either. Right. Well, you're here, taking up space in my house. You might as well tell me the story. I thought you could hear me wherever I told it. What did I say about being rude? Sorry, sorry, I'm telling it. The world collapsed. I woke up at the edge of the forest line outside of the facility, about a hundred meters away from where I'd been. I wasn't sure how long I'd been out, but the building looked like... It looked like a ruin. The walls were broken and covered with moss, Trees had grown up through it. I saw a family of foxes running in the hall. I got up and stumbled towards it. My first thought was saving the kids, but... Well... When I stopped to think about it, I realized how few kids there were now. Katja had left. Vera was... something else. And Maxim... God... Nastya, 
I remembered Nastya. She was in the basement still. She might have been trapped. There was no way for her to get out. I got to where I thought the hall had, been, had once been, and surprisingly the walls were still intact. There were vines slowly growing even as I walked, covering the plasterwork where the walls met the floor. As I walked down the hall, I passed by about a dozen gray bodies. Each one had plants already growing through their skin. I ignored them. The basement door was open. The electricity was out, and I got the chill looking down those steps. I looked around and spotted the switchblade under one of the men's belts, like the ones I'd used when I was a kid. I pulled it out and opened it, but... When I flicked it out, the blade was bigger than it should have been, and then it wasn't a switchblade anymore, it was a sword. A big, heavy thing that looked a hundred years old. I staggered under the weight and had to use both hands to hold it up. When I looked back at the grey man, he wasn't in his uniform anymore. He had some sort of armor on, like the men in the three warriors painting I used to look at with my dad. When I looked down at myself, I had armor on too. There was chain mail and fabric over it, and actual boots instead of the grey socks I'd been wearing for months. None of this seemed strange to me at the time. I'm in a fairy tale now, I thought. I'm just becoming part of one. I went down the stairs. Standing over Nasta's table, there was a dark figure in armor encrusted with bones. He was saying something, but I couldn't hear it. I could just see her start to cry and then reach out with the one arm she had left. He picked her up, gently. She can't have been hard to lift. She barely had a body anymore. I watched him lift her and carry her away. There was a doorway I didn't remember seeing before, and the second he stepped through it melted back into the wall. I sat down on the steps and held my sword in front of me in both hands. Bye, Nastya, I said. The words echoed through the silent room. Eventually I stood up and walked back up the stairs. There was one thing left to do before this place rotted completely and nobody else was here to do it. I walked down the hallway where our rooms had been. Katja's papers had rotted away almost completely. Vera's door had been blown off its hinges and there was muddy footprints leading out. And then there was my room. I stopped in the doorway. The ceiling and outer wall were gone and plants had covered the floor like it had always been an extension of the forest and humans had never even tried to tame it. Maxim's body was still there. I watched the vines begin to cover him, gently, like his blanket had before. You were sitting on the mossy bed, rocking back and forth. I imagined for a moment how ridiculous the two of us must look, me ready for battle with a sword and you in your work clothes and elbow patches, still holding the scalpel you'd use to slice a little boy's throat open. You looked up at me. There was an expression on your face I hadn't seen before. You were afraid of me. 
You definitely should have been. You said... Sasha, I can explain. Then explain, I said. My voice was hoarse like I'd been crying. Ha, ha. You remember how I told you about my sister? I figured it out a few months ago. Where she went. She and her roommates were practicing witchcraft, and she made a deal with someone, some sort of force back in England. Made her power stronger in exchange for the lives of her friends. I found some notes she'd kept, and the way she describes power, Sasha. It's, it's wonderful. It's all-encompassing. It... Yes, Ben, I know what magic feels like. Yes. Well, I wanted it for myself. I stared at you. Then I laughed. You wanted magic? The thing you've been trying to beat out of all of us? You stood by and watched them torture us for having something that you wanted? Which was it, Ben? Did you hate us or were you jealous of us? It shouldn't have been for people like you. I mean... You tried to backtrack, to cover your bases, to dig yourself out of the hole you'd made. Not for children. They'd never even wanted it. I just wanted a small piece for myself, and I thought a place like this would be perfect with so many subjects who had such strong ties to the magical world. I thought if I could pull the magical realm here, I'd be able to access it too. I'd figure it out. It can't be that hard if... If I can do it? No, I didn't say that. But you meant it. You didn't contradict me. I took a step forward. I'm not stupid, Ben. None of us are. These kids went through hell for their magic. They had worse lives than you could ever imagine. Magic was a reprieve for them. It saved them. People like you just wanted to hurt them for it, and so they only clung onto it harder. You can't spend your life hurting us and then say we have something you want, that you want to be like us. This is our thing. It's ours. It chose us. You don't get to take it through more violence. I was never the one who hurt you. I never actually- But you were there. You stood by and let them do it. That's just as bad. You never did anything brave because you were worried it would make you uncomfortable. I laughed. I stopped bringing this shit up because I didn't want you to be uncomfortable. You hesitated and then stood up in front of me. Sasha, I'm sorry. I didn't want you to be hurt. Me specifically, or all of us? Stop that! Stop doing that! It isn't the same thing. Why not? Because you like me personally? You wouldn't slit my throat to get Baba Yaga to come calling? I'm touched, and they say romance is dead. For fuck's sake, I'm trying to apologize. And I'm saying it's too fucking late, Ben. We stood, trying to catch our breaths, just staring at each other. Maxime lay between us. You said... You're right. I wanted something I couldn't have. I should never have done that. I should never have come here. I really like you, Sasha. You didn't deserve any of this. I wish I could say I didn't feel anything hearing you say that. But I did. It fucking hurt. It ached deep in my chest because fuck, I could almost believe it was true. I almost wished it was. You took my silence for agreement. You smiled and took a step towards me, stepping over Maxime's body. You reached out. I raised the sword and stabbed it through your stomach up to the hilt. 
I felt your blood trickle down my hand onto the floor. Your mouth was open in surprise. I kept one hand on the hilt and raised the other up to touch your cheek. The blood made for a good contrast with your pale skin. Then I leaned in and kissed you. It didn't feel like anything at all. I thought about doing it for months now, and in the end, it didn't even feel like anything. I angled the blade and pulled it up, nice and clean, like gutting a deer. I pulled the sword out and let you fall to your knees. I stood there, above you, and watched your face until I saw your eyes glaze over and you fell onto your side. As soon as you did, the sword shrank down. I flipped it closed again. I looked down to see that I was back in my facility uniform. There was a red stain in the middle of my shirt. It didn't feel like anything when I took your jacket off and put it on. It felt like even less as I walked out of the facility for good and found a truck. And that was it. I started driving. I started talking. The story ended where it began. But it didn't. What? Your story isn't over yet. But I'm tired. Please, I'm so tired. I don't want to do this anymore. I wasn't even supposed to get this far. And yet you must. You are the one who was left, and you must carry out what you were fated to do. Is that all my life is? Fate? I don't get any choice in anything that happens? I've watched so many people die. I've heard so many stories. Can't I just be done now? You say this, and yet you are the one who made a bargain with death to ensure you'd stay alive. How do you know about that? Your hand is covered in soot. So? That could mean plenty of things. Do not insult my intelligence in my house. You said you wanted to know the prophecy. Yes. Here it is. Alexander will wield a sword like the heroes of folktales and bring to their knees those who would stand above him. Is that it? It was foretold many years ago. A boy died for these words. Do not take them lightly. But didn't I already do that? When I killed Ben, didn't I? That was the start, not the end. He is not the only one who would hurt us and our kind. The country is shifting again. In times of change, there are always those who are blamed. The facilities, as you call them, will start up again. The church will return now that the military men are leaving. They will find reasons to hunt children down, to lock them up and hurt them. And I'm supposed to stop them? You are not supposed to do anything. But you will help. Because it's my destiny. Because it's your nature, helping people, like your mother did before you, like her mother before her. I'm not a girl. Did I say you were? Could I say no? You could, but you will not. And you just know that because of the prophecy? Because I have been listening to you, idiot, child, you are good. 
You will do the job. Alone? No. You have your wolf to help. I haven't seen him in days. I don't even know if he's alive. He is alive. Like you, he is too stubborn to give up before the work is done. Is it him? The boy who died because of the prophecy, is he the wolf? Ask him yourself. Get out of my house now. Right. Thank you for having me. Remember this before you start throwing my name around in other stories. Remember what? Ow! Alright, alright, I'm going, sorry. I'm on my own again, I guess. And there's a road now. A semi-paved one, as per Russian tradition. I'm walking down the center line, since I don't think there'll be cars anytime soon. Fuck, what's that? I think it's a dead... Wolf. Shit. 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 Oh god, it's so creepy when you transform, your bones get longer and shit. I hate it so much. You transform for your enjoyment! Shit. Are you okay? There's blood all over you. I thought you were... It isn't my blood. Whose is it? Finished the story yet? I... Yes. No. Sort of, maybe. Excellent. Because I have one to tell you now. This episode of Go I Know Not Whither stars Thomas Malinowski, Ash Padromo, Tessa Padromo, and Rose Madsen. It was written by Thomas Malinowski and edited by Olivia Spreen. Cover art is by our friend Sasha. You can find them on Instagram at at an art post a week. Special thanks to our patrons Tessa Padromo, James Harper, Jennifer Parlett, and John Ashley Mulvaney. Also, thank you to Vals Vinyatskovsky. If you'd like to support Go I Know Not Wither and any future podcasts, check us out on our Patreon and on our Instagram at at Malinowski and Spring. We really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Be polite to old women. It may just save your life. We'll see you next time, as we go we know not whither to find we know not what.